Hello there, and welcome back to Colette and Matt have entered the chat. I am your co-host, co-moderator, co-hanger-outer, Matt Silverman. I'm here, of course, with the one and only Colette Bennett. Hello. Hi, I'm the co-podcast speaker person. I said co-pilot the other week, and I, I like that. <laughs> co-pilot. I like that. We have, do we have a cool ship? Yeah, uh, yeah. We're we're here to discuss video games, the most important topic in all of civilization. And you know, if you don't have a cool spaceship in your video game, then what are we doing? Right. Yeah, that's my point. But it's like, yeah, like I want to think about this. Well, what what would the space? What would the craft look like? <laughs> would our craft be like, you know, like flat would it be like based on a hamburger like the millennium falcon right. or right. would it be right. like you know a cube like the borg or like so I, many options i like the so idea many... of a really really long ship so you can yep. do that really cool shot from star wars where you like pan over the star destroyer and like it feels like it goes on forever yeah. i would want our ship to go on for a very long time okay and be epic uh, my, my only preference here is that i like um retro future I like junky. I like beat up. I like, um, you know, a post-apocalyptic. I don't want any of that sleek flying saucer. Even Star Trek is a little too, it's a little too sexy little too for me. It's too trekky. <laughs> I want, I want ships to look lived in. I want that Millennium Falcon. Is this going to get us? Are we going to make the jump kind of, kind of feel? Yeah. Yeah, I like that idea. That's a good one, actually. Great. At any All rate, right. we're piloting a ship. I guess we'll continue thinking about our ship as we keep flying. <laughs> we have it to name it. As, I mean, as we, we have keep... the name of the show, but oh, I know. But yeah, I feel like it needs something else, something more. Yep, a better yep. name. We'll we'll dwell. We'll get back to you. Uh, thank you for hanging with us. We always appreciate it. And uh, today, this week, we are we were going to talk about the games we've been playing, but. Um, we have not been playing many. Uh, you have said that you've been in a in a drought, perhaps. Yeah, well, <sighs> the funny thing is, a, it's definitely not exactly a drought. Like, there's, there's tons and tons of things I could be playing. But yes. the problem, well, not problem, really, but I've been involved in some other things between doing a bit more at work lately and... Um, catching up with a ton of art commissions, which is a terrific problem to have mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, that I am very happy about, but you know, it takes up other time. So as a result, you don't, you know, you don't necessarily get to play as many games. Um, Too but, busy living, <laughs> living that life as, right. uh, as the kids say. <laughs> yeah. So it's funny. Uh, you know, as, as you were saying earlier today, I, I actually like, you know, in our discord was like, I need like I'm having game withdrawal like I need games. <laughs> games. You really so, feel it. I I've I've talked about this elsewhere. I don't remember where, but I often feel as a creative person and I know you will relate. Have I told you this? I I view creativity as a cup and mm -hmm. there are I need to fill up the cup with media art music that mm -hmm. could be it could be anything you know it could be it could be family time it could be you know a, a game a great movie a great book whatever mm -hmm. there's there's periods where i feel like i need to fill it up 
And then there are periods where I need to um, then dump out the water. And in that period, I really, I, I shouldn't get distracted or, or play a lot of games. I should be focused on making the things until I run completely dry. And then, and then I feel that feeling that you were just describing of like, oh, I've been working really hard on whatever things. Mm-hmm. Now I just need to fill the cup up again. Where's that big game? Where's that big fat game that I'm going to mm-hmm. like? Dive well, it's funny. Into? I, I was thinking about that too, because, you know, I was, because of our podcast, actually, I, I've spent a lot more time thinking about what specific kind of itch certain games scratch. Mm-hmm. And I've come to realize that there are lots of different, like, types of games that I enjoy, lots of things I can get into, whereas there's some things that like I could get into, but they might not hold my attention as long. Mm -hmm. So um, tonight I was actually playing a visual novel that I bought a few weeks ago and I wanted to play, but haven't had time yet called Famicom Detective Club. And I'll get into that in a little while when we talk about it. Oh, that recently came about. Is that right? Uh Re-released or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Um, I... When I found it, I was like, oh, that looks really interesting. And then I looked it up and I found out that the original one came out in like 1988 or something right. like that. I don't is know it if that old? Is, a- is yeah. it NES? Uh, I, you know, I don't know. And I was meaning to look it up before the podcast and I didn't get a, a chance to do it. Yeah. But if I'm I'm not mistaken, I yeah, here it is. Okay, I'm I'm looking on my phone. Yes. An adventure game duology developed and published by Nintendo for the family computer disc system. Mm-hmm. And the one I'm playing now was yes, it's a remake of the original first entry released in 1988. Right. 88 uh wow. Japanese NES only didn't come here for whatever localization reasons. And also like Probably because there wasn't interest at that time for visual novels, Uh, right? uh, I perceive visual novel games as a recent 2010s, 2000s kind of phenomenon. You're telling yeah. me that this was one in '88. That's that's quite yeah, no, mind blowing. Yeah, way way ahead. But um, yeah, it's you know it's it's pretty interesting. Um, and I've. I've definitely, anyway, I don't want to get too far off where I was originally going to go, <laughs> which is that I'm enjoying the games so far, but like, you know, we've talked about like ha- the games that like feel like scratching the itch that's really hard to reach. Yep. I can definitely tell that it's not scratching that itch. And I kind mm-hmm. of had like a pang of longing for like, when will I find my next, you know, Diablo or Hades or, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like, and I don't know when I'll find it, but, um, <laughs> I don't have it right now, and I wish that I did. <laughs> Isn't it weird that y- you think, you look at news, you look at headlines, you look at social, and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm waiting for this game, and this game's going to be the one. But it it rarely happens that way. In some, mm-hmm. Sometimes it finds you. You're like, oh, whatever, I'll give this a shot. And you're like, 50 hours later, mm-hmm. wow, I didn't know that this could do that, 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 that I wanted this game to be my game. I love that. Yeah, it's it's definitely great. Like I know with Hades I was curious, but I was also like, uh, I don't I don't know. I don't know if this is going to be, you know, right for me. Right. Um but uh, then I was like, you know, sucked in of course completely and I just thought to myself, gosh, what if I hadn't taken that chance, you know? It sounds like many people had exactly that experience of like rogue roguelites are cool and super giants cool Mm -hmm. and uh, greek mythology is pretty fun well whatever 
game of the year. 100 yeah. hours. This is the greatest thing I've ever seen. You know, that, what a success. That's a very cool. It's very cool. Um, well, we are not here to talk about what we're playing unless you want to get into a, a Famicom Detective Club. What is it? Mystery Club? Uh Famicom Detective Club is what it's yeah. called, but no, I don't. I, I I suspect I'll be playing it next week, so I can, you know, it's something I can okay. always talk about later. We yeah. we have a different topic today. We have a different topic, and that is that I am the proud new owner of a personal computer with a RTX thirty seventy yes! GPU. And it's not something that I wanted to do, but let me tell you a brief story because I think you'll enjoy uh, shut down my pretty good, okay, aging, but capable computer that I use, as you know, for all the things as I think you are starting, you, you have become a piece, uh, you know, a desktop PC user where mm -hmm. I, I am on it all day at work. I am doing heavy lifting on video and podcast production. Then I am gaming with some pretty heavy lifts on a 2070 super, which has served me incredibly well. I actually, it's a bit of a Franken machine where I, uh, ditched the old card, whatever was in there, upgraded it, crammed it in there, uh, really tightly. And, and it, it, held its own for for a number of years and then i shut it down two days ago and it was just like restarting restarting just endless loop of like Ugh, just horrible. it didn't it did not shut off it just stopped stuck got stuck there and then i like you know oh, let me manually turn it off and then booted it back up and it was like you have no hard drives they, these hard drives no longer work goodbye it was basically what window what uh, the bios or windows was trying to do mm -hmm. and so i was like shit fuck you know not good and Fortunately, long story short, the the data drive that I, that holds all of the work and the projects and the terabytes upon terabytes of data of video, which most of it is backed up, but not all of it, you know, mm -hmm. recent stuff was not, uh, is fine. But the last two days have been a lot of like, okay, like I can't just order something from Amazon that's going to take two, two <sighs> weeks or with three no. days. Like I, I need a computer today because it's also going to take me a week to like get all every driver every peripheral every mm -hmm. thing hooked back up all the tweaks hey where's my bookmarks logging into every website on the face of the earth you know you know we were we were chatting a little bit about this before the show yep so i was like all right i just got to go to uh, a computer store you know and i did not want to go to best buy because those you know i've had not great experiences because there's not a lot of expertise there i, I just i want to go somewhere where people are they know their shit Went Do you to it. have Micro Center where you are? I went to Micro Center. <laughs> okay, the reason I'm like tittering about this is because <laughs> my husband calls it Sad Micro Center. <laughs> and because when you go in there, like, I don't know how to explain it any better than like, it looks like a store that should never have survived, but it's still there because of the exact thing you're telling me right now. Like people sometimes are just like, I need this right now, or I need this part or whatever. And like, it's way nerdier than like, you know, Best Buy. Yes. So like, this is is my this is to me why sad micro center still exists but i just wanted you to know that it's actually called sad micro center let me tell you i was fully gearing up for sad micro center 
because my perception of these stores, and I have not been to this micro center or maybe any micro center ever slash in many years. So Mm -hmm. I did not know what to expect, but exactly what you just described of like a big box wasteland of a store that shouldn't still exist. You know why? Because there are other like appliance stores in the area where I live that are exactly like that. And they're so fucking sad. And so I was ready ready for that. it's, It's the worst. So I get there, I pull up. There's a line wrapped around the store, people camping out with chairs and tents at Sad Micro Center. (laughs) And I'm like, what the hell? Is this a COVID thing? What the hell? And then I'm looking and I'm seeing it's mostly young, you know, young, like not teenagers, but like probably 20 somethings and such camped out, whatever. And I'm like, oh, yeah. The new 3080 TIs yep. are coming out. Yep. And, you and just that's so probably happened. what this is. Uh-huh. <laughs> I get in there and they're like, I was like, oh, that line, huh? They're like, yeah, people have been sleeping outside <gasps> since Monday. What? What? So I was like, all right, cool. And and I'm also gearing up for like there's a chip shortage, there's a card shortage, you can't get cards, you know, what do you, what am I going to do? I need a machine today. I, oh my god, I'm going to pay $5,000 because I need it today, you know, for, mm-hmm. for for everything. And get in there and I'm like, "Uh, do you like do you have like pre-built PC? Do you have it? You have it? Yeah. They're like, "Yeah, come on over." Now, let me let me quickly um mansplain a little bit to you Colette, because i don't know <laughs> how much you know about computers but i'll tell you the best way to um to build your own pc you check you go online you check out all the parts that you want and you like make sure they're all compatible and then you know you get all the power stuff and then you know the, the gpu the motherboard whatever then you go to a store and you pick out one that has those parts and then you plug it in because i don't want to fucking deal with any of that <laughs> building pc bullshit yeah hell no did when pat got your machine did he build it or he just or he ordered it no he i can't remember the name of the place he ordered it from but yeah he basically custom chose all the parts himself to have the assembled computer he wanted but then he paid for the service of them assembling it and mailing it to us i'm not even gonna do that especially in this like crisis mode i'm like i need to walk out of the store with with a a working yeah that has the stuff in it that i want yep so going into sad micro center micro center at least (laughs) over here in the in suburban new york was a miracle yeah yeah see that's that's the thing that's the thing about about micro center like (laughs) you know in your and in your situation you know like it's for us right here it's literally the only thing i know like that's on that tier i know that there's another store oh god the name is slipping me but they they i found them for the first time in la and it's like a gigantic electronic store Mm -hmm. that you could probably also get similar parts at it's maybe like it's like six micro centers God, I can't think of the name that I can see it in front of me. But the one in LA is crazy because you uh, at one point all the different stores were like themed, and so like huh. the one in LA that I saw was like themed like a like an alien invasion, and there was like a UFO on the top of. Ooh. Oh my god, it's killing me! I'll have to try to look it up 
and see if I okay. can find out what it it's called. That sounds fun. It yes, sounds like they, they, they have a good time. Famous. They were very yeah. famous. I didn't like know a, about like it. Like a nice landmark, a nice retail right. landmark place yeah. to go. Exactly yeah. that. Huh. But I guess, you know, what's what, again, gearing up for, for a sad micro center experience, you know, you go in a store and you go, especially the big box stores and it's like, everyone's like, all the employees are like, not that into it. And they're mm -hmm. clearly, they're not being paid very well. So they don't give a shit about the mm -hmm. customers and then you feel bad and they feel, they or they feel bad. And it's just a negative experience all around. The exact opposite met this guy, shout out to Jeremy at micro center. <laughs> Thanks, I was Jeremy. like, I was like, I need this much RAM. I just need a good card. I, you know, I do video. Like, what do you? And he had four pre-built machines. He's like, Yeah, we we build these every week, and here's the ones that we just built. You know, oh two days gosh. ago. Here's the, here's this processor. Here's this processor. And there were two side by side that were like, uh, very comparable in price and very comparable in specs. And he's like, You know what? This one has eight cores in the processor and you're going to love it. And I asked him a thousand questions. He answered every single one. Wow. And I was like, you know what? I need a little extra hard drive space. He's like, yeah, grab, grab a drive off the shelf. We're going to pop that in. No labor cost. Just pay for the drive. This is a pre-built machine. So you want to pop something in, pop it in. And also he's like whispering to me. He's like, don't tell anyone this, but if you bring it back, you want to upgrade later within like the three-year warranty period or whatever like hey we'll do we'll do that for free just buy the oh part oh my god i was like so yeah, i walked see, out that's the other thing though like you're not going to get that or all your questions answered on the level you probably had anywhere other than sad micro center that that that's i i, I knew i i knew going to best buy would be the wrong choice and I, I hope there are best buys out there and best buy employees out there who care but my experience at least locally here was kind of like you're not an expert like the, the these i spoke to two sales i had to go back today again to uh upgrade the hard drive again and it was a whole thing but both people separate guys i was like how long have you been working here oh seven years yeah tested my old hard drive for me to make sure mm -hmm. it was working which then allowed me to like bypass all the like oh god do i have to do data recovery nope that's working by this 20 dollar like cable bring it home work like a, like the piece the stress of like your entire <laughs> like this is my problem my entire fucking life my work my play my family memories all the everything i do is in this is in this little black box I'm and then proud the box of you for not dies. having a complete meltdown or maybe you did and i just wasn't there <sighs> it was not complete it was more like you know, my wife and I huddling up and like, okay, this is a, okay. this is a machine okay. that, yeah, good. that we use every day. It's everything, <laughs> it, it's everything we do. And it, and you got, we were just, we have to just, we're just going to spend this money because the last box lasted whatever, five mm -hmm. years, this box mm -hmm. is going to last. And I bought a nice PC that will hopefully last, you know, five to eight years. I'd like, I'd like it. Mm -hmm. And it's beautiful and it's loud as fuck um, yeah. because it's got 18,000 so fans. Shit in it. Um, I got, I was saying to you earlier before we started recording, I need, I, I, I'm not up to speed on the like RGB fan motherboard software. So I need to like pop in there and be like, okay, when I'm just sitting on windows doing nothing, maybe you don't need all 12 fans like blasting <laughs> at full, full volume. So like, chill out. I got a po I'm doing podcasts over, over in this corner. Um, but I'm excited to 
get into VR with a 3070 and, oh, and hell play yeah. games You're going to have that, like the uh, optimal experience at this point. Yeah, 90 hertz, 90 frames, uh, let's go. Um, and, but uh, yeah, as, as you know, uh, just literally was scrambling to like get microphone drivers installed uh, right up to the last second of recording this. So I'm sitting here with a gorgeous gaming PC and steam is not even installed on it yet which is 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 a crime i'm you, gonna go to jail have, you have a weekend uh a, a weekend task now <laughs> i think so which I is basically so. to just tr- trick your computer out on every level <laughs> that's all the tweaks all the tweaks so that is my sad micro center story <laughs> shout out to micro center god yeah, bless i was gonna em. say we might not be able to call it that anymore because now <laughs> there's been there's been a total change it's like i mean ours will probably always be the sad micro center because it it if you saw it you would know why we call it that but it sounds yes. like you had a, a different better experience it was it was brilliant and shout out to the people in this world who sleep on a sidewalk for two days to yeah. get a new graphics card and it's not maybe i'm speaking out of turn it's not even the bestest 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 graphics card i could be wrong it's like the good bang for your buck limited edition whatever card that is very very good but it's like I walked out of the store in an hour with a card that's like 10% less good than the card that you camped out on the sidewalk for. Mm -hmm. It's very strange. I I both get it and don't get it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's weird. Uh, I remember, um, gosh, it's really been like a while now. I think it's been six or seven years since um, the first time I ever went to it was actually my first bts concert and that people (laughs) camped out they were out at the time bts was a very small band and they were camped out overnight and a friend of mine that i went with went and met some of her friends that she knew from online and they sat in a tent like because it was because if you were on the floor you it's it's based on the order of of you know how close you are to the front of the line is how close you are to the front of the stage Yes. So as a result, she literally was like two feet away from the band, which is amazing. But yeah, it's just, it's, it's crazy. And I remember being like, I'm not, this was like, what, six or seven years ago, I said. So I was like Mm -hmm. in my thirties and I was like, I'm not fucking going out there and sleeping (laughs) on the tennis sidewalk. Are you fucking kidding me? I am too old for that. Like I'm too old for that shit. No way. Like I don't even, I don't even care. Like, like how much i love this band and like uh, yes. to this day i've still never done that for them uh, i have to admit i, I love I them but i've never done that i'm with you i wouldn't do it either but let's let's extrapolate that for a second because you're talking about almost basically like front row seats at the beatles basically like like bts right. is so yes so amazing they're so amazing full stop but also like just this global phenomenon world like so like to be to have that experience is a traditional thing of like people camp out for tickets Mm -hmm. i'm not that person but you you hear about that but it's and it's an unforgettable experience but it's one experience one time for two hours and then it's over forever and then you've got simultaneously these other people camping out for a product that as you and i know will yield many years of 
stellar gaming experiences. So who's right. who's nuttier there? I don't know. Uh, I mean, as a person who has had the BTS experience, plus many mm -hmm. other types of experiences mm -hmm. many times, I can say that both are valuable experiences. One just is a short term and one is a long term. But yeah. like, you know, I will never forget, and it still kind of blooms that same feeling in my heart when I'm about to say it to you, of like what it's like to stand under the open sky in like BTS's first stadium show and like what that felt like to like sing my favorite songs along with them in that big crowd of people that were all singing too. And like, I just like, I I'll never forget that, you know, it's meaningful to me. So yeah, I mean, I guess you could say like the person that has the item that they get to use over and over and over for years is winning. But you know, I have a memory that is, is so important to me that it can bring joy whenever I think about it. Even you just describing that, uh, maybe I felt 1% of the joy that you <laughs> felt there and, and in your memory of it. And I was like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah. It really, truly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. it's um, wonderful. My husband is, is big on like, you know, well, you can spend your money on things, but like what mm -hmm. happens when you spend your money on experiences? And it was a perspective that even though I had had a lot of concert experiences in the past and some of them were pretty epic, um, I don't think I thought of it quite in the same way. Like I... I wouldn't have gone and spent like a ton of money at a restaurant in the past, but after mm -hmm. having done it now with him, like I feel like it's a similar kind of experience. I mean, this is something yeah. we could just go way off into, so I'm not going to mm -hmm. continue down that path, but yeah, it's something interesting to think about. But anyway, to bring it all back around, you have the Godzilla of computers right now. <laughs> <sighs> well, here's hoping. I mean, look, it's running a web browser where, and we can talk to each other on the internet. So, right. That, right. It does that at least. That's all I know so far. So yes. uh, I'll well, keep you posted. Awesome! But, It'll uh, be a lot of fun, a lot of fun to play with. So, speaking of experiences, tonight we are heading to a desert island. We're playing the age-old game, the thought experiment. If you can only take, hmm, I got to pick a number. Five might be too many to discuss. Let's say three. Yeah. Here's the rules. You are stranded on a desert island or you're going there and you can take three video games with you to play for the rest of your life. Here's the rules. These are the only games you can ever play for the rest of your natural life. Oof. However, you can access the internet, which means you can continue to get updates, DLC, okay. mods, okay. and you can access the community, the wider internet or the community around the game to discuss the game outside of the game to figure out what's popping. Hey, this mod, this update, this expansion. Um, you have full access. You just can never download another game and you have infinite power and, and you have any peripheral or system or horsepower in the machine to play the game for forever for the, for I'm the really rest of your natural life. That this, this Island has this like blazing internet where I get to yeah. eat, like, that's great. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Blazing <laughs> fast internet, uh, and a great PC, but you're stuck forever and you can't download anything else. Cause that's logical. 
Man, I thought I thought I was coming here knowing what I was going to say, but now that I've heard more of the details, I'm like, shit. Like I'm kind of like rethinking. Like I'll have to continue to think as we go, I suppose. Okay. Do you? So I think we should trade off. You say one, I say one, and then we discuss, uh, and we get to three each. Okay. Um, are your choices radically altered now that I've laid out the specific rules? Like, do you have one in, are all, all of yours out the window now? No, I think two out of three can stay, but I feel like I need to really reconsider that third spot because this is my whole life on this island. So (laughs) I really need to think about several of the games which no longer have active communities at all. And if that's something that I really, really would want. And also like, get there. Right. And even a current game that like in 10 years, is it going to still have a player base or a community? So we'll get there. So do you have, all right, give me one and let's get into it. Okay. Well, I, I hate for it to be a pick that's so obvious and something we already donated like a bunch of time to in a prior episode, but obviously the legend of Zelda on NES has continued to draw me back for decades. Really? Yeah. Really? And you know, I hate to say it, but it's kind of, you know, as I explained in the prior episode, there's something about playing that that is just, it has a soothing result on me. And I feel as if there's, I mean, I've I've not gotten tired of it in 30 some odd years. So I feel like, hey, that's probably a good pick for one. Maybe I won't play it all the time every day on the island, but I know I'll play it at least once a year on the island and probably more because I only have three games. I'm going to I'm going to throw a challenge here to make you think a little harder about this one. Okay. Because my first my first gut reaction was, yeah, you do play it every year. So and you haven't gotten tired of it, but. You play it once per year, and in between those times, you're playing many other games and consuming many, a lot of other media. So, I guess I'm saying if you need three games to fill the rest of your life, Zelda's only going to get you there once a year, and then you really only have two other games to fill your time. And and conversely, if you're like, no, I'm going to play Legend of Zelda NES all the time. No, I think I that's going to ruin that shit real fast. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that's a good point. See, that's the hard part about it is that when I think about, you know, the games I think about, I thought about for this, I was very much like, oh, OK, well, a lot of the games that I've really enjoyed have a finite, like, you know, a, a beginning, a middle and an end. Yeah. So that's interesting to think about because I'm like, well, there aren't a lot of living communities that I, the type of games I play would necessarily, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is why this question is different than what are your favorite games of all time, which we will cover in a subsequent episode. Mm-hmm. But that's why. The, the 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 items on my list are are games i really enjoy but um may not be my top most emotional favorites story games or mm. nostalgia games they're 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 probably not going to be there won't be any of those in my 
on my island, you know? Interesting. Well, why don't you talk about your number one and perhaps that will help me to con- to more deeply think about this. Yeah. Um, the one that came to mind for me in no, in no, no particular order. This is the one that came to me first because um, it is probably on my top, like my most favorite games and most played games, but also really, really fits nicely into the criteria that we've laid out and it is rim world do you are you familiar with it at all i've heard of it and i know that i had a friend that played it but other than that not not a lot yeah it is the most emergent game I can think of that I've ever played. And and the the very brief TLDR for for you and and anyone listening is that it is a simula it is a colony simulation game. The typical simulation is that you have crash landed with uh on a on a, a planet with a um random pseudo sort of randomly generated uh uh roster of colonists. And they have a variety of traits and personalities and you crash land and your job is to not die essentially or build a base and survive long enough to build another spaceship to get off the uh, planet. That is typically the, the, the arc of the gameplay. But why this game is, is tr- truly enormous is because um, you are... It, the graphics are very simple. You're looking at your colony from above. That your your tiny people are moving around. You do not control them directly. You set priorities and you set tasks and you manage their um, their emotional needs so Ooh. that they can get shit done. But you do not say, "Hey, go here and do this." You you sort of say. All right, we need a we need a stockpile for resources. So here's the outline of the stockpile, and it's uh the build the 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 priority for building is number one. And Jane is very good at building. She's very skilled at it. She'll be the most efficient at it. So Jane, you're going to be the builder. You have high priority for building. Here's a thing to build and go. And then the simulation runs and. As long as there are no fires or attacks or fights or starvation or whatever, Jane's going to be like, yep, I'm a builder. I'm going to build the stockpile. Here we go. And that is the table stakes level of where everything goes deeper from there. And the the other magical thing about this is that even the personalities of the colonists are simulated quite deeply so they interact and they don't get along sometimes sometimes they fall in love and get married sometimes they work really well together and sometimes they don't and also then other people are living on this planet and some of them are sort of like tribal they've been there for hundreds of years and they're like get out of here we're going to attack you and some of them are like prisoners of the tribes and so there's all these sort of random events that happen and it's like holy shit there was just a bloodbath and jane died in this fight she's dead forever that sucks but we captured a prisoner that is now in our jail and slowly over time we're going to convince them 
to join our colony or maybe not. Maybe they're going to break out and escape. Maybe they're going to do whatever. And this game, it when you look at it, it looks so it's so it looks the graphics are so rudimentary and it's so simple. And but the depth of the simulation is such that I, I have never cared so deeply for little pawns hmm. as I have playing RimWorld because you get to know them. They have personalities and there is a history that happens because you're, you're simulating a colony for 20, 30, 40 hours maybe. Um, and there's deep person, personal connections and histories that go, go by. And so you start with three or four colonists. You might have 20 by the time you're ready to build this spaceship. But you look at your roster and you're like, there's Jane. She's been here since the beginning. She doesn't cause trouble. She keeps everyone in line. She makes sure the food is planted. And goddamn, I, Jane is the best. And I, she is the backbone of this place. And you, there are stories, I guess I'm saying. There are stories that live inside this game as as it is simulated and that is and every time you play it is different because wow anything can happen so it meets my criteria for fantastic game uh continues to get updates uh they there were other expansions and things that have happened fantastic community amazing modding scene which i have not even dabbled in but um hey i'm I'm on an island i'll probably mix it up a little bit I looked it up because when you tend to tell me about a game I'm not familiar with, I'll just like look it up on my phone while yeah. we're talking. And the <laughs> the literal first like po- media post I saw was I've spent 700 hours playing RimWorld and I was like, wow, it's one of those games. That's great, though. I mean, like, honestly, I I, I feel like I haven't found a ton of games like like. I mean, I know a lot of people said that they got a, a kind of a similar-ish experience playing um, Stardew Valley, you know, and getting attached to people there. And yes. I, I don't have a, a I, I, I have played it a decent amount, but I have not. I've definitely taken long breaks. Like I'm in a long break now, so it mm-hmm. hasn't been that kind of experience for me. But I don't think I've ever really had a game quite like this where the game kind of grew and changed every day as you interacted with it. Let me, let me reframe it in that way. Actually, that might, might be useful. Um, Stardew Valley is, is a landmark of a game, but every time you boot it up, it's the same townspeople. It's the same characters. So, and, and you form attachments with them and you can romance or befriend or whatever. So you can Mm -hmm. play it differently every time. Uh, What if you booted up Stardew Valley tomorrow and, all that there was completely new townspeople and it was a whole new experience yeah, that would be fascinating that that i think would be more likely to get me to go because what that just reminded me of when you said that was the um the phone game neko atsumi i don't know if you are familiar with it but that it name was, sounds familiar yeah it was from some years ago it was out in japan first and then it got so popular they made an english version but it's a phone game in which you have like a a cute little outdoor area outside of a house and cats show up there and you have to like <laughs> do different things to decorate it. But what would be cool would be like, you'd close the app cause no one was around. And then at any random time you could open that the app and you might get lucky enough to see a rare cat or get a picture of it. And those were mm. all things that went towards like completing like a, a scrapbook or, you know, mm-hmm. et cetera. And you could expand your house and stuff like that. But like, it was addictive because you were like, what'll be new? 
Mm-hmm. What'll be there? And similarly, I think in Animal Crossing, it was like, yes. what what'll be at the shops today? Yeah, that's that's that mechanic. I live for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's something about the waiting and then finding something new later um, is is a magical thing that can only happen in games. So I love that. Um. Yeah, I think RimWorld has that. It's not well, it is it is real time, but it's not like Animal Crossing where it's like it's day in the world and it's day in the game. It, you know, you can fast mm-hmm. forward time, day night cycles, similar to Stardew Valley, days pass. Um But it's just I don't know, it's the it's the level of simulation that happens and also these colonists are it's not like the sims or it is like the sims where your sims are living life and you're giving them goals and you're setting up their house and then they're just living there and you're guiding them towards the best self they can be um there is there is some of that going on here but your colonists are in a desperate situation they're not living in suburbia they are fighting for survival so here's Mm -hmm. the other thing this game has a learning curve and the first nine out of ten colonies you you run will end up being uh, obliterated by fires, aliens, wow. uh, tribal warriors, and will devolve into manic, cannibalistic. Whoa! Like, the, the the all the let me put it this way: all the memes from the RimWorld communities are like, "Yep, I I have all these hats made out of human flesh." <laughs> stockpiled away and that's RimWorld, you know and like because you could do anything your 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 colonist got its it's his arm ripped off by an alien oh my god he's bleeding out well cybernetic arm pop it in now he can lift a hundred tons or whatever like it just the depth is crazy with this thing so it's it's top of the list for me for desert island nice wow yeah that does definitely help and and make me think um <laughs> that maybe unlike some of the original picks that I was going for that one of the things that I would like to take with me would probably be a Diablo game okay. um but be- and for some of the some similar reasons but uh I think what I would <laughs> I almost would say it's like a, it's like it's probably like the Diablo that like hasn't happened yet is probably Diablo mm. 5 because mm-hmm. if I was to say <laughs> Diablo uh if I was or if I was to say like oh it's like you know a Diablo that's already come out I feel like those games have been around long enough to where like yes there might still be like robust communities but I tell you what like when a Diablo game comes out I am in there for like a long yeah. time yeah and I can say that while I feel like the story of Diablo is not like something that I'm going to shed tears over it's also <laughs> something that feels like rich and well done to me mm-hmm. and that is fascinating but. And this is a good question about the island, I guess. So we can, can we play all our games online with other people? Yes. Yeah. So definitely, because that would also give me a way to enjoy playing something that I seem to never really get tired of mm-hmm. in, you know, with people who I could clearly no longer see since I live on the desert islands. Yes. Um, but I think like, Diablo is a really interesting combination of things for me, right? Like, I love that Diablo is kind of like, I want to say mindless killing, but it's really not exactly that. But like, you know, 
I think I've said this on a prior show that I've told um, my friends before that sometimes like, I'm just like, you know what? I had a rough day or a rough week or whatever. I just need to kill. And like, I just want to go into a game where I don't have to go through a lot of shit in order for me to just start killing and feeling powerful, (laughs) Yeah, you know? And like, honestly, like my favorite class to play has still been the assassin from Diablo two. And I'm so excited to play her again, but like, you know, it is, I think, I, I totally get why people enjoy playing empowering, um, you know, things that make them feel empowered and, and, uh, allow them to vent, you know, maybe aggression or maybe, you know, whatever, just, I, I, I like that, you know? And so for me, it's like, I know that, and also, <laughs> also another thing to back up and mention is that Diablo, I think is very Gothic. It really appeals to like, a former goth kid, <laughs> you know, cause it's like, it's like, you know, dealing with like, you know, ultimate, you know, hell and ultimate demons. And like, there's just a lot of stuff about it that like, if you enjoy kind of like desolate landscapes and like, I, I think all that stuff also is kind of a piece of it. And I'm not going to lie. Like, despite the fact that I haven't played it yet, like the Diablo that is forthcoming looks like the darkest, most Gothic thing yet. <laughs> to me it looks real good it yeah. looks it looks real good and it looks um it it looks like it's back to the back to basics back to the roots yeah Devil I, two I style. forget the, the name of the woman that appeared in the trailer for diablo 4 i can't think of her mm-hmm. name the woman with the big horns but mm-hmm. i was literally just like squealing i was mm-hmm. like ah! because i like was like this is like the darkest i've seen it yet and the fact Mm -hmm. that she's like a big bad bitch is like thrilling to me so yeah even though it's not because i would have said originally right i would have said diablo 2 but then i was like there's no way now that i'd want to go back to playing diablo 2 all the time but if i Mm -hmm. could get like a robust brand new diablo with like a much more you know darker and more gothic setting than ever before that also would get regular dlc and updates i'd have to say that so and 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 a social scene or a social a way to play socially and so let me let me ask you did did slash does diablo 2 have online multiplayer and of course three does but but we discussed it, it sounds that, that like three was not like a big land for either of us. It didn't no, certainly not for me, but like people play three a lot and they do so together online, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah. that's you're saying that's not guess on that's not getting there for you. I haven't obsessively played three. I've enjoyed playing three. I've played three with friends, but it, mm-hmm. it was not is definitely not the level of obsession I had with two. Mm-hmm that i can say for sure so and did, that's did why you have online two you used battle net to yeah. connect with people so yes it okay. was a much more archaic form but yes but here's hoping that the remaster will have uh easy oh, yeah. easy ways to hop yeah, in I mean, and out i think of, the remaster will be amazing you know for that very that very reason so uh i think that'll be something that will be really cool to to witness. I, I, I think I'll probably go absolutely nuts when I see that. So <laughs> actually I'm not sure if I should say Diablo four, cause I haven't played it yet or Diablo two remaster, which I haven't also haven't played, but both are like, you know, things that I absolutely love so much of. So maybe I should just narrow it down and say, I would bring a Diablo game. 
I, I think, I hope your faith in four is not misplaced because I think, I think given the history, given the landscape, Blizzard, it's time for them to really do right by Diablo in four. Mm -hmm. And it looks like they are doing that. And so if you had to place bets, I'm with you. I just hope you're not on the desert island with uh, some, you know, free to play (laughs) auction house thing. Well, it's it's interesting because to me anyway, because like I didn't really expect this topic to be as challenging for me as it is, (laughs) but it really is. Um, Yeah, so that's fascinating to me that it that it is as tough as it as it is, but it also is kind of pushing me to think about things in a different way. So I also, I like that part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Hmm. I have, uh, when, when is, um, there's no release date for four, right? No. Uh, I haven't heard anything about it in a pretty long time. Is it even 2021 or, or we don't know? Uh, the last time I heard something about it, it was like, Cause I remember, I think it was, was it last year when like the announce came or was it even further back than that? I'm trying to remember mm. like, yeah, the game was announced at BlizzCon 2019. Right. I don't, Blizzard has confirmed it does not expect Diablo four to launch in 2021. So okay. still, still a ways out. Yeah, but I will say out. this Blizzard really take their time with games and I'm okay mm-hmm. with it because I usually mm-hmm. get games that I'm really happy with. Mm-hmm. So, you know, <laughs> See, I note, really what, just want to get off this call and just play Diablo 3. <laughs> because I'm talking about Diablo and I'm like, I just want to click things and kill. Just want to kick and click and kill. Uh, on Switch or, or on PC? Like, what do you, uh, what, what's your preference? I have on Switch. Mm-hmm. Um, I've played it on PC before. Most of my Diablo 2 experience was on PC. So, I mean, you know, it's interesting you say that, actually, because I feel like now that I have a high-powered PC that playing Diablo on PC would be pretty fun, actually. Um, I don't know if I'd be willing to buy it again from scratch, but I I tell you what, I remember this really clearly that I don't know why, but I bought over the the decade or so that I played Diablo 2, I think I bought, I rebought it like three times. The first time I scratched (laughs) the disc, the second time I don't even remember what happened. And then I remember the third time I bought, there was like a box set Yes, yes, like yes. The battle and, chest or whatever. Yeah, the battle chest. Thank you. And and I was like, I was like, oh my god. I was, and I, I remember buying it and being like, I've bought this game three times. Worth it. <laughs> but like, I loved it, right? So it's like I couldn't, I couldn't help myself. That's what I wanted back, to do. Yeah, back when like ah, the disc. I lost the disc. I scratched the disc. I need yeah. to own this disc again. Yep. Hmm. The dark yep. ages. I know. Uh, do you have any? strong memories of dialing up via modem via oh, absolutely. phone and playing whatever uh warcraft one or two uh never played command and conquer um actually diablo was the first game i think i ever played with other people okay and this was a, like a a, a a personal friend like a, a person you knew yes i, I rarely if ever play with strangers as you know um mm-hmm. but yeah i think yeah i believe diablo 2 came out in 2000 I'm trying to remember if i was dialing up at that time i don't think i was i think by 2000 because 
By 2000, see, maybe. Yeah. yeah, I was in my mid-20s, so I think that by that time, we, it was no, we were no longer... We were no longer dialing up. Most yeah, of my dialing right. up, I remember, is when I was like a teenager. Yeah, and it, it yeah. was the, it was it was peer to peer. It was I I would dial the phone number of my friend, and instead of answering the phone, he would let his modem connect, and then we would join together in in uh, you know usually RTS games, Age of Empires, uh, Warcraft, and like truly like looking at your screen and seeing your friend's units move and know that like that's a real fucking person <laughs> moving moving your orcs around is wild yeah. it was a it was a truly exciting thing to enjoy yeah, yeah definitely it is definitely a special thing and now i'm on the fucking battle net page and am i going to buy diablo 2 for the fourth time <laughs> what what is so good about what is so good about pc diablo on a nice machine that is not happening on a switch you know i'm sure maybe there's lighting or something that's not beautiful but like just play it in bed I, you're you're even making me i completely bounced off d3 as we've discussed and i'm like eh, maybe i could kill kill in bed <laughs> Yeah, that's a really good point. I'm like, ooh, maybe, maybe, yeah, actually. Well, the and, good and news is, is that if you don't mind playing the classic originals, uh, Diablo 2 and Diablo 2 Lord of Destruction, the expansion, are like $10. So, and you, you, can, know, you can purchase them digitally? Uh, I think so. Um, I'll tell you right now, but I'm pretty sure that Battle.net will let you do that. And um, it's a fucking so. crime that Diablo yep. 1 is not purchasable or yeah you can't play that anywhere right crime <laughs> right literal crime literal crime literal crime so uh, although it does say here that it seems as if you can pre-order diablo 2 the new diablo 2 the resurrected version yes you can pre-order that now and it says it will be released on or before december 2021 but what is the prime evil? The prime evil has some kind of extra. Oh, it's got extra shit in it. Okay, I see. Mm -hmm. So if you bought the prime evil collection, you would also get every Diablo three thing, including the expansions and all of like the extra packs and stuff. Uh, so for some uh, reason, you hadn't bought three in the last God knows how many years. Oh, so it's like a bundle with three and all the extra threes. Uh -huh. Plus you get two resurrected. I, 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 not, I care less about three, but like, um, I'll wait for resurrected because if I'm sure you've seen the gameplay footage, it's like, Oh, look at this beautiful, beautiful remaster and click. And you're back in the old, the original, you can right. just toggle between them. And uh, that I is love that tremendous. So much. That's so cool. So cool. I love they, it. They really, they put in tremendous work to make this uh, a, a really good looking uh, thing and, and a historical document too, where you can yeah. look back and, and compare what you, what you're looking at. It's, it's wonderful. Yeah, I love it. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> well, if I end up downloading Diablo 2 tonight, I'll be sure to let you know. <laughs> <laughs> and and maybe maybe there's a world, maybe there's a 2021 where I hop back into 3 and maybe there's an online, maybe we play online together. Or you can that show me the ropes so in, awesome. in some I of the higher level three. stuff. Yeah. I never even finished it. So yeah, I played quite same. a bit of it, but I haven't finished it. So, okay. you okay. know. 
Just just saying. Just saying. Yeah. But but three meets, you know, if you loved three or the idea of it, the whole like, hey, go into the next, I don't know all the terms, go into the next rift to get the next, you know, plus one more point of whatever HP gear to go to the next thing. Like there is a, there is an endless grind there that I respect and appreciate and do in many other games. So like that, that is Desert Island material if you love Diablo 3, you know? Yeah. It could be that. Yeah. No, you're right. You're totally right. Also, my Battle.net account remembers that I already own Diablo 2. <laughs> Whoa. So I Wait, don't have it- to buy it a fourth time. I just, I'm literally looking at Battle.net right now. And it's like, you already own this. And I'm like, what? But it's like, you already own the discs because you logged in with the discs one time. So here you go download it again yeah i think so like i don't even gosh you know what i wish i could i wish i could go see i wonder if they would let me see like when did you sign up how long have you been on them on Battle.net? so okay i bought diablo oh my god are you serious i bought diablo (laughs) 3 in 2012 3 came out in 2012 we are almost 10 years out from the last diablo which is funny because they also, it was also a 10 year gap, I believe, between two and three. So they're just like, fuck it. We're just going to do this whenever we feel like it. And you're going to wait. Is, that is a good long time. It My really God. is. You it were not really, kidding. Really you're is. like, they take their time and they make them great. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. So mine got blown there a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I just looked up my information and it's like, like my, my, my account information and it's like an address in new orleans that i haven't lived at in like (laughs) 11 years i think yeah so pretty wild but oh it has a transaction history too and it's only that one game but i'm sure if i dig around it'll be like you first played like it's got like a world of warcraft like like it says you have played world of warcraft and it's Hmm. it's like oh yeah like you've got this game account for world of warcraft i think i played world of warcraft last in 2006 were you heavy into it or were you just like oh i'll check this out what was your i checked it out and i never really connected with it on the level that it seemed like people Mm -hmm. like were really into never Mm -hmm. like i was just like yeah okay you know this is here (laughs) and i played it a little um and yeah i don't think i ever really like a lot of my friends were playing it at the time and so i hopped on to play with friends that (laughs) lived in other places that i couldn't regularly see and so you know that was kind I, of how I, all I remember that went. admiring that and appreciating that from afar. Like friends would talk about, oh, we did this and then we're in the guild and we did this together. And I was like, wow, like you're, mm-hmm. you guys are, you guys are hanging out in a virtual place. And I, and I was like, hmm. And I, I didn't, you know, cause it was a description, uh, a description, a subscription fee, right? Mm-hmm. It was not the free to play type it, things yeah, that we have today. Well, well was, I think maybe now it's not. It's no longer, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's still pay to play or, or up what. to some level or something, but like right. as a kid who I really did not have jobs, uh, as a high school or anything. So I had $0 negative dollars <laughs> and, uh, and just could not make the case to myself or my parents to, to have a sub to pay a subscription. subscription. To, I know it's like unthinkable. And like now like subscriptions, like run most of our lives. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do and they don't. So much of this stuff is free. Even even just digital things are like, yeah, this is free if you give us all your data or it's free until level 
20 after you've injected the heroin and can't live without it. So <laughs> give us the money. Or it's free until you need the hat because that hat is very cool and I need it. <laughs> oh, man. I, I kid hat. you not. I'm like literally installing Battle.net right now. This is awesome. <laughs> we, we've gotten a little off topic, but I don't even care. I might literally just sit around playing Diablo this weekend. So I guess uh, I guess this choosing a Diablo game for a desert island, I guess, is, was a good choice. Well, OK, here's the thing. Go back, play it, get into it, feel it. And then report back if you're yeah. like, yeah, I can play this for the next 50 years or, or no. Right. Uh, yeah, I will be eager to, to it's, it's not really a does this hold up question. It's more about like, is this really, is this really right. my pick? Yeah, no, totally, totally. And yeah, like we said, you know, it's uh, <laughs> like one of mine originally was going to be Journey and I don't know whether or not it still will be or not, but I will say this. That game is so profound to me that like, I don't, I, I feel like all the different times I've played it have been so different, mm. but on the other hand, right. It's like, okay, but like you said, you know, are you going to play it over and over? Well, I don't know that necessarily living on a desert island means I play games like every week all the time either. That's a you good know? point. Right. So, uh, okay. So something missing from the thought experiment is like, what else do you have? Is it only games and that is it? Do you have books or movies or other th entertainment? I would like to <sighs> think that we probably have other entertainment. I don't know how it gets there, but it's probably delivered mm -hmm. through the, the lightning internet somehow. Yes. Because uh, <laughs> I mean, if we have a connection and we can play with other people, we can also download books and movies. So. Yeah, but by that logic, you can also download other games. So we are suspending some disbelief. Right. I can't decide. I, I, I almost like the question better if you have nothing else. It's like this, because like the idea of a desert island is like, I, I am here and there's nothing else to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, but yeah, yeah. So wait, so backing up. Um, I... Journey was like PlayStation exclusive for so long. Then it was Epic Store exclusive, which just doesn't fit into my setups and my gaming lifestyle. And then it finally mm -hmm. came to Steam mm -hmm. recently. And I was like, here we go. Ooh, I didn't What's know it was on about? Steam. What's I'm it all about? I might play it, ag What's I might play it again. <laughs> and it truly was uh, wonderful. Enjoyed, I, you know, enjoyed the experience with the kids and uh, felt those feels. But mm -hmm. I viewed it, and, and then I closed the book on it and said, that was Journey. I loved mm -hmm. it. Worth the wait. No mm -hmm. regrets. But right. I never perceived it the way you just described, which is like, I've played it multiple times, and it was different every time. So perhaps well, without... Well, different to me. Okay. Without I... spoiling anything, for perhaps for me or for anyone listening mm -hmm. who hasn't played it, like, uh, how do you... Go on. Go on. What, how do you mean it's different? <laughs> go on so um <laughs> for me journey is a story about the path of that you walk between the, the path of life basically mm -hmm. um you know you begin you're a wanderer you're searching you are experiencing the highs and lows of 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 life um you're fighting your way towards this faraway goal in the distance, eventually making your way to that goal, you die. 
and then are resurrected, which I guess you could potentially say has religious connotations. I personally didn't perceive it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's spiritual though. It's for super spiritual better, for me. Yeah, term, like, yeah. Like I have always had, <laughs> small digression, I've always had a really, really, really tough time with the G word. Um, mm-hmm. But that said, I've always believed in just about everything else around the idea of, you know, like a power greater than ourselves in the universe. And so mm-hmm. I think playing a game like Journey where so much of it felt like magic and felt like something that was so much greater than, our, than me, but never having to have any kind of religion or name put on it was really profound. Mm -hmm. Um, So to say that it like playing that game was a religious experience for me is probably pretty accurate, actually. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, That makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. So then another part of journey that hit me incredibly, incredibly hard was that it was one of the only forms of online multiplayer I ever played with strangers that I enjoyed Mm, because You could go through your battle, go through your your journey of discovery, and at the end, when you reach the top of the mountain and you walk into the light, you can walk in alone, which has its own powerful emotions associated with it, at least it did for me, or you can walk in together with someone. Mm -hmm. And both of those, like, I really remember so clearly, like putting my controller down and just like crying my eyes out Mm -hmm. for like 10 Mm -hmm. straight minutes, because Mm -hmm. this was a game that I really felt in my soul. Mm -hmm. And I do feel that as I've changed and gotten older, I think the first time I played it, I remember the house I lived in, I think it was probably 2011, maybe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I've played it through, I think, four times since then. And based on where I am in my life, since the experience to me very much embraces the mystery of living a human life. And also I find it also portrays dying as something that could be transcendent and beautiful Mm -hmm. rather than this thing that we're all so afraid of. Mm -hmm. So like, those Mm -hmm. are all things that I continue to grapple with as a human. So Mm -hmm. I think having, having a space like that where I can return to and move through and kind of see the mystery and beauty of the world reflected back at me in some ways. And then, but eventually inevitably have to walk to my own end. Mm-hmm. Like that's just something that I don't think is ever going to stop resonating for me or, or feeling different where I am in my life because that's the journey I'm literally on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the it's, game it's, is not radically different each time you play in any emergent sense, I'm even though there, there's some of that, you are different. That's I'm um, different. That is quite profound. So you know I what? I, I'm going to say it. There's no updates. There's no changes. There's none of mm-hmm. that. I'm going to bring it to the island. Well done. Yeah. Because, right. Yeah. You yeah. can, you, you, you can revisit it. And mm-hmm. re- and it will reflect differently. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. You have convinced me to replay it for certain. I, but in this lens, I'm not far enough away from my first playthrough. Mm-hmm. I'm far enough give it away. Some time. I, I I will give it some time. I'm far enough away to be a, to be hazy on some of the details that you were describing. Oh, good. So that's. I mean, that's good and bad. It's like, 
I remember it being a powerful, amazing game that everyone in the universe loves. And I'm like, mm, I don't really remember it too much. And like, mm -hmm. what's wrong with me? You know, but that's, you know, that's a, that's a me problem, but it's also like a, we consume so much media problem mm -hmm. uh, for all of us. So, and then, yeah, I guess I, I didn't realize, but I'm also not surprised at all that sort of where you are with other players and what you choose to do and where you choose to move through with or without other players has meaningful effects on things. Um, I didn't realize that, but when you say it out loud, I'm like, of course it does. It's journey, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a really fucking profound game for me. And I'm totally like down with, you know, sometimes people play it and they're like, wow, that was cool. Or wow, it was really pretty or whatever. But I'll be honest, I've really never had a conversation with any other gamer where they have pretty much reflected the exact same feelings back at me that I just mm -hmm. shared on this podcast. And maybe, mm -hmm. maybe after this podcast, someone will write in and say, I felt every iota of that and if they do mm -hmm. gosh that would probably make me really happy but um <laughs> you know it's 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 a remarkable game this is good stuff i <laughs> you know it's it, i i this goes without saying i really love talking with you about this stuff because while we are so aligned and similar about a lot of things you the way you talk about i, I don't replay a lot of things i don't rewatch movies mm -hmm. i don't replay a lot of games with the exception of like oh this is an emerging game that has so many different like you know i don't replay linear games often yeah and i'm not sure why that is but you have convinced me to think differently about it because i foolishly i'm like it's the same game why would i play it again and you are wisely saying but you are different well i'm gonna really really quickly like a summary version uh give you another game that i don't know if i'd bring it to the island or not i'm gonna think about it and decide before mm -hmm. we finish this podcast <laughs> but about how much i've thought about silent hill 2 since uh -huh. finishing it last week like I've thought about it for almost a week and hmm. you know, not every moment of my day, but I've thought about it a great deal. And today I actually pitched an outlet with the first freelance thing I've pitched. And I couldn't mm -hmm. even tell you how many years because mm -hmm. I was having a conversation with one of our coworkers and he and I are both big fans of horror in different mediums. And, and I, I said, you know, I can't stop thinking about this because I've been playing this and I feel as if as an adult having done therapy and gotten in touch with childhood trauma has completely affected the way that I perceived and understood Silent Hill 2. Interesting. And he was like, you need to pitch that to someone right now. And yeah, I was right. like, okay, whoa, okay. So I did, you know, he was like, mm -hmm. why don't you pitch it here? And I was like, okay, I, I, I guess I will. It's the 20 year yeah. anniversary. So it, you know, at least there's Perfect. like a mentionable, right. But that was something that also, I think Silent Hill 2 is, I think it was maybe 1999. I mm -hmm. think I would have to look it up. But if that was, if that's accurate, I was 22 and mm -hmm. absolutely clueless to, 
I mean, any of the issues that now as an adult, I better understand about myself that some of them run really deep and are really painful issues. And I feel like Silent Hill 2 is a game about trauma. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I could understand it in the same way. And with the depth and level of compassion that I'm able to extend towards the characters as I'm experiencing them now. And the game feels like it, I swear, it feels like it, it had an even more intense impact on me playing it this time because I was able to fully perceive so much more of what Team Silent intended. This is what art is for. Right. This is its purpose. Right. And and I'll I'll say one more thing here that it, I, it's not derogatory. It, it is actually a positive thing. But the 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 analysis piece, the reflective piece, the retrospective thing that you just described that you will pitch to a media outlet, those types of pieces are very trendy right now. And I don't they mean are, that and I, like, I, oh, I you're going to... But they're trendy for a reason is because we are now looking back at art mm-hmm. and reflecting this on this medium in thoughtful, deep ways, exactly mm-hmm. as you just described. Yeah. And many writers and thinkers and and media personalities are are having epiphanies similar to what you described about a variety of different things for sure and saying hey i haven't thought about this since 1997 but check it out now look at it you know i love it i i love your angle and our coworkers, right (laughs) that you should pitch it and do it i did Uh, and and I'm. Sh- I have every confidence you will get a green light from somewhere. But even Gosh, if you I don't, so. that'd be nice. Put it on. Put it on Medium or something. Yeah. On put yeah, on live no, journal. That's, that's a good point. I totally could. And I think just because it has been on my mind so much, I'm. I might do that even if it doesn't work out. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. but, um, but yeah. So, <laughs> I feel like we probably though at least should talk about another one of your desert island games because I feel like I've dominated the last twenty minutes no, no, of this no. conversation. This is, I have uh, loved every second of it. Uh, so I. Well, okay, you were sort of vague. You're like, a Diablo, and which one is it? I don't know. Maybe it's a future one. And that's there's something in this here, too, because I'm going to say Civilization, and I don't Uh... know which one, because Civilization 4 is the one that completely changed my brain about about 4x strategy games i i don't know if it was like the first first one that i ever played but it was the one that i was like oh my god games are so big and good (laughs) civ 4 um play got played civ 5 and like recently what looked on steam and i was like civ 5 is like m- one of my most played games on steam even though i had i am did i black out i don't have any <laughs> strong strong memories of it and i don't know why or where i was but clearly i played a lot of civ 5 and i'm so regretful to say that like everything about civ 6 makes sense and is good and iterates in a positive way and seems awesome and I don't know what it is. I cannot stick with Civ Six again. I think it's a 
there's something about where I am in my life or other, it's probably like other games that are filling in my brain space of other mm-hmm. things that I like now. But I have, and, and I think also I got it on Switch, which again is a miracle of science that, that a civilization game, a, a modern 2021 civilization game runs on Switch pretty dang well. And I can play civilization in bed. But maybe it's maybe it's just the clunkiness of like trying to play an intricate game like that with a controller. Maybe that maybe that wears on me, and so subconsciously I'm like, "Oh, this game is such a slog." I, I think there's something in that. I don't know why I can't get into six, mm. but but all that said, it is it is the ultimate. It is the ultimate strategy game i can't i play a lot of different strategic types of games and i i haven't seen any i haven't played any that are quite like civ and so i think the endless replayability the ability to play online the ability to mod the 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 truly many many expansions that always accompany every civ release i suppose by the rules of this game i will have to choose a, a, choose one and i perhaps it is wise to choose six because it is the most modern and well supported and broadly uh you know biggest one to to date um so for longevity purpose i guess i'll choose six and then be sad when seven eight nine eventually come out and i will never i will not be able to get them on this island Mm -hmm. uh but but yeah i so i think i'm gonna have to pick that and um i think that's a good call not having played civ but knowing mm -hmm. many people who have deeply loved civ i i get it i am remembering what without getting in the weeds about about how civ works but the thing that got me that blew my mind and this must have been with civ 4 was Every game's different. Maps are different. Your your opponents are different. The rules are different. Whatever, whatever. And you're playing it, and ev and the systems are so complicated. And every time you play, you're taking a different path or a different strategy. But there's something about the way the game is balanced and structured, and the mechanics and how all the threads weave together. That it's like, yep, it's seventeen thirty five, and I have muskets now. <laughs> because that's what because that's what you have in that year and now it's 1910 and i have tanks and it's like well but i i did science really hard on this playthrough or i did diplomacy a lot this time and this one's going to be different and yet every every time i'm in a certain era or a certain year it roughly maps to actual history. And so maybe I'm France and I built the pyramids and maybe I'm the Aztecs and I built the Great Wall of China. And so it's all mixed up and it's all different, but like technologically, scientifically, diplomatically, there is this cadence, there's this arc to the game that always feels right. And there's also, even in the governmental and religious mechanics, there's always like hey, we're sort of like getting away from feudalism now. We're sort of getting away from imperialism. And there are, it's like, you can be a despot forever if you want to be, (laughs) but like, as your citizens 
there's there's a mechanic at least in Civ Four where it's like, hey, those other civs have have um uh democracy. Why don't we have democracy? Negative five happiness. So you can be a, 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 an asshole emperor forever in the game, but your civ will suffer penalties for it. And it's like, right, because that's what happens as humans get connected and see each other's worlds. They're like, maybe we should have voting rights here. And then those things spread. And it's like, they, they put that in a game. They put human civilization and 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 the arc of the arc of the human journey into a game and it's like i couldn't i couldn't i stepped away like you're playing 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 and then i'm then you step back from it you're like wow they did that and that that's where i was like yeah this is this is one of those forever games for me so it's gonna be on it's gonna be on the island for sure that's awesome i love that i really love that and i have to say that I thought this topic was going to be fun and I underestimated just how fun it was going to be. It's really fun. It's really fun because it's really, really fun to hear the different pieces of what make a game something that would matter to you that much, you know, for Mm -hmm. both of us. Mm -hmm. And like Mm -hmm. you were saying earlier, I love that they are very different, but like, I like hearing about the individual things that make your games different for you and why those things matter to you like one thing i've realized is that for a really long time because i was a lonely gamer kid like i was just excited to meet any other gamer and now Mm -hmm. i'm at a point in my life where i'm lucky to have so many other gamer friends Mm -hmm. and like if you talk to them uh about like what type of gamer they are and they they tell you what they like and the things that they're into that's one conversation but then recently um a friend shared with me gosh what's the um Myers-Briggs. A friend shared with me a Myers-Briggs style test that was crafted for gamers. Oh, interesting. after you took it, you would get a little pie graph that would kind of show you like the things that you prioritize the most and the least in games. So for me, it was like story was like the big, big, big one, but like competitive was like the really, really small one. And then there was atmosphere and there was world building. So this this mapped, this mapped, you you felt it was accurate. Yeah. And, and uh, the friend that sent it to me, he took it too. And I really marveled at like looking at our two different ones and how different our gaming styles and things things we cared about were. And I love that. Yeah, it's really cool. I have to see if I can find it because if so, I'll... Oh, you know what? I think I might have dropped a link to it in the gaming um, section in Discord like a while ago, but if you searched for like, you know, gaming profile or whatever, it would probably pop up. Okay, but great. it was real fun to take. I tried to get everybody to take it and I don't think anybody did. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Call to action. Um, if you're listening uh, hop into the discord there is a link in the show notes uh and then colette will will post it again share it again and then let's all take it let's take it and you've taken it but i'll take it and if listeners want to take it and then uh i would love to discuss that i would love to discuss your results you being the listeners yeah and my results that would be uh, really fun actually that really would be and then you know um i think a lot of people use it the site 16 personalities it's actually um 
a place where a lot of people currently take Myers-Briggs because they have really cute like um, illustrations and stuff. But there's actually like a deep dive article in their library about like gamer personality types. And I read that recently and that was also really good. So mm-hmm. I'll have to pop that in the um, have to pop that in the in the discord as well. And here's the other thing that I'm now thinking about of like, we're getting into the nuances of the differences between our tastes and where they overlap and whatever. Mm-hmm. And then there are people who like, don't play games. They mm-hmm. just don't. It's just not in their DNA. I don't know what how else to do. De- uh, they, 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 they enjoy linear media, like books mm-hmm. and movies. Maybe they enjoy like puzzles or even like crossword, but like, you know, mainstream things, but like, they just don't play games. They're not into board games. They're not into video games. And I find that curious. It's not, I don't mean it disparagingly at all. I just mean like, is it because they are, they did not access the media the way we did as kids. And so they, that it is foreign to them. Or is it literally like, no, I just don't. I don't enjoy this. I don't understand it. You're like, what is that? You know what I mean? You just, you just said it. I don't understand it. And I can tell you that when I was playing games, uh, as an, a young adult, so like, you know, late teenage years that games were still perceived as being for kids. Right. And that, that, you know, there was much more negative perception about being a gamer in that time period um so is that stigma is that all it is because i guess i'm trying to say like imagine if you met a human being in the 21st century who's just like i don't get movies i I don't get them yeah i I, that would be you you would be like you're an alien from another planet Mm -hmm. so so i (sighs) i did meet a guy once that didn't like cheese who clearly was a fucking insane person i have uh, a lovely friend who I'm going to be seeing this weekend who grew up with her refuses to touch each uh, look at cheese of any kind. I don't understand you people <laughs> like seriously, if she's listening to this, I'm just going to be like, look, I'm sorry. I just don't understand. It's uh, but, but that is, but that is like, I, mm, but t- I don't know is, is taste. You know, like is mouth taste and artistic taste? It's a preference, and it and yeah. and uh, you know, there's a biological factor there. I think one issue uh, with humans. <laughs> Go on. There, there's there's this great Anais Nin quote. She was one of my favorite writers, and she the quote was. We don't see things as they are. We see things as we are. I love that. I do too. And I think that when I hear that, what I think of is that it is impossible for us to perceive what it's really like to be another person, no matter how much they tell us about it. 100%. So, yes. You know, it's, it's, this is the reason why I think that game reviews like don't make any sense. Like I understand that they have mm-hmm. to exist, but one person's experience of a game is going to be totally, completely different, even if both people like the game. So to be like, this game is objectively of this, like it's just, it's impossible. All you can do is say, this is my impression. I agree somewhat, but, and we've talked about this, two, two things. One is I look for 
elements in a review that are like, this is good, this is bad, but this thing does this. And I'm like, yep, I like that. Right. That's quantifiable, though. Like there's, you know, in in that way, right? Like you can read a review and go, oh, okay. so the mechanics are pretty solid. Like, you know, there's things you can objectively review. But then there's another Mm -hmm. artistic level that like I feel like it's very difficult to review because it's just going to be filtered through the lens of whomever it was that played the game and wrote the review. And as a person that wrote many gaming reviews, (laughs) I thought about this a lot. Yes. You know, I, I really did think about it a lot. So, so then my, my follow-up question there is, do, can we, do you believe that we can aggregate reviews and also not even just professional reviews, but, but general consumer sentiment to zoom out and say, overall, the entire internet thinks that this game is eh, like a 53 out of 100? Mm. Yeah. Can, d- does big data give us can it inform our perception of art or, or no, our willingness yeah. to try art well i i feel like i can't say but what i can say is that when it comes to reviews i prefer uh, a system like metacritic where i get to see mm-hmm. an aggregate of many different yes. reviews because i feel yes. like that's a more accurate picture than reading yes. one outlet's review even if the outlet is a reputable outlet mm-hmm Yes. So, so you're, you're, you're giving credence to the idea that uh, no one person can definitively say anything, but in aggregate, we get a, we do get a, a more objective picture. Uh, let me, let me reframe the question. I can't think of a game that was like, you know, not so good on Metacritic. And then I was like, I'll give it a shot and loved it. You know what I mean? Are there any, do you have any examples of that? The first thing that comes to mind is stuff like Earth Defense Force, which is like so bad it's good. But I mean, I think things like that tend to be rare, like mostly games that are bad or just bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I think that there's a spectrum of goodness and badness and that there are things that wrap around the back end that are like you said. You're playing it for there for reasons that are ironic or humorous or whatever. And so that's a weird category. Right. I totally agree. But yeah, I mean, for the most part, I will say that an aggregate and also Steam offers this too, of course, like an aggregate of general reviews is useful to me because, you know, I can uh, to me that 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 is just a bigger picture. And I feel like more likely if a game has something in it or multiple things in it that are annoying, you're going to hear it in those reviews repeated. So like that gives me a better picture. But like, I have also made the mistake, which this is both a a great thing about me and a handicap about me. Hmm. When I think something is exciting, I get so excited Mm -hmm. that I'll be like, Oh my God, and I'll sometimes like buy the game and then realize that I acted too quick. I didn't read any mm. reviews and the game mm-hmm. is not good. Like, uh, yeah. gosh, whatever that wild grove or whatever it was that I played that I was like, oh my God, it's so cute. Oh, Look at it. Oh yeah. Cozy Grove. Yeah. Cozy Grove. And then when I played it, I was just like, I'm just not connecting with this. It just feels yeah. very like point and click to like, you know, fulfill, you know, go get this, go do that. Go, go get this, go do that. And like, why does that work in other games, but not in this one? Don't know. Mm-hmm. Don't know. Yeah. It's intangible. Uh, we were, uh, we, you and I have been discussing a lot of like episode topics and what we should cover. And, and I really, I'm eager to do like a most hyped game. Like what are we both looking forward to? Maybe we'll bring on a guest or two. 
what are we looking forward to? Maybe it's in within 2021 or beyond. And um, Biomutant was on my list of mm-hmm. like, there's something about the look and feel and vibe of this game that is just as a third person action game with a unique hook. It's like cool animals fighting creatures. And I was like, yeah. And they've been working on it for so long. I was like, yeah, I can't, I'll wait. Whenever this comes out, I, I will. I will be there. I will be ready to buy it. It looks so cool, and just all the reviews are like so mixed and so uh. like just just so middle of the road. And to a point we made earlier of like it's clearly a B minus or worse kind of game, and that it it went from high up on the hype list for me personally to a to a full-on no-go not gonna do it and and maybe it's also like a wait and see maybe in a year they will have patched it up so great to be uh to be outstanding i'll wait but it is a full no-go because it is a mixed review on steam Mm, and metacritic and everything i've read and heard about it is kind of like oh man this was not not what you were hoping for not what you wanted it to be a bland repetitive open worldy open world game you know Mm, it sucks so so been there been there and 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 to, to your point about cozy grove like i'm glad i don't I think the only game I've ever pre-ordered in my whole fucking life was No Man's Sky. And that was rough, but paid off beautifully <laughs> over 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 4 years or whatever it's been. Um uh sidetracking a little bit and I'm wondering Breath of the Wild. Oh god. <sighs> You know, I think the only reason I didn't think of that was because I haven't returned to it yet, because I think for some reason for this topic, I had this idea that like I would have to return to a game over and over for it to be a desert island game. But that was one of the most blissful and fully (laughs) like it's just swallowed me whole. And I love both both my husband and I were both the exact same way. And we just loved every minute of it. And I found that being in that particular version of Hyrule was so peaceful Mm -hmm. in a way that I didn't really get out of the other Zelda games, although I so enjoyed them. I never thought of Hyrule as a peaceful place. Hmm. Um, But I think the way they portrayed it made all the difference, Mm -hmm. you know? So I'd say yes, for sure. And that's one that I would even consider because there's so much to discover. I mean, I'm not even finished all of it yet. I finished, you know, I beat Ganon, but like I didn't finish all of the side things you can do, the extra DLC, like I didn't finish any of that. So, yeah. yeah. I would I would give that a hard consider. Uh, you same and every once in a while I'm just walking around living my life and I just stop and say like I I owe it to myself to pl- replay Breath of the Wild. Oh, it's so beautiful. But then What's... I keep thinking Breath of the Wild 2 will come out and like yeah. would I rather just experience it all brand yeah. you know a brand new space, a brand mm-hmm. new version of that world and so that's kind of what I've been holding out for. My hesitation on 
the desert island consideration is like you can you can get a beautiful blissful um 30 40 hours out of the whole meat and potatoes and then the rest of it is it just like finding Korok seeds and is that that's not the trappings the trimmings around the edges of the beautiful gem that is breath of the wild are they don't strike me as emergent or engaging for long 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 periods of time they're not mm-hmm. even grindy in the way of like oh i'm gonna level up and get a little better and then i'm gonna level up here and get a little it's just literally like collecting things and that worries me about uh the idea of playing it forever like if i played 400 hours of breath of the wild would i still be finding new things because if i played 400 hours of rim world i would still be having unique experiences but would i still be yeah. finding would i still be having lovely moments in breath of the wild or would i be like another another book goblin camp here we go right you know? exactly and that's yeah that's the thing like a living game you know a living game is yes. kind of what i feel like well that would obviously be the best you know i have friends who are playing final fantasy 14 yeah, right yeah, now yeah, yeah, yeah. that have been yeah. playing it for 10 years and i think to myself that's probably mm. a great game to bring to the desert island but that game has never appealed to me right no oh my god yes so i need i i need to have an mmo in as the, my third Yes, you just hit it on the head. Well, I mean, it's, yeah, it's a great idea if you've ever loved an MMO enough to consider that you could be in though, that world for that long. And I don't know that I have. You know what it is? Well, only speaking for me, it's like, I don't know that I have to love, love, love it. I just have to know that it goes on forever and that all the stuff is like, created or made possible by players and and when it's made possible by players then you know that it's endless and that the the landscape and the politics and the economy or whatever it is is always going to be there's always stuff happening Mm. breath breath of the wild is a beautiful world to inhabit but after a while you're still having you're pressing a on um you know this gerudo she's just gonna say the same thing again (laughs) and that i don't know how to put this that will start to depress me because i will want in my heart to be in this in hyrule but i know after a while it's just code you know what i mean sure but it because I can be fooled into thinking I'm in a living, breathing world for 40 hours. But after 800 hours, I'm yeah. just pressing A and getting a getting a, a, a coded response. You're but right. Eve online. Is a real fucking world. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, I agree completely. The only problem is I just don't have an MMO to slot into that space. Because I've not connected to one on that level. I mean, the right. most connected and fun I think I've ever had in an MMO is probably Final Fantasy XI. And I remember mm-hmm. that I ended up um, 
quitting because I played it from launch. And I remember really clearly that there came a point where getting a party together was super hard because there were so many less healers than all hmm. the other classes that it just hmm. became so impossible. Um, but wouldn't you think that th- th- I don't know anything about this game, but if there was a shortage of a class, wouldn't that class become more valuable or in demand? And then there would be an incentive and ec- some sort of economic incentive to play Probably. that class and be I mean, part of things. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there would have been a point, but you know, this was just a very long time ago and it was a time period where it was like, Oh, well, every time I try to log on and play, we can't go and like do raids or dungeons because there's no healers. And <laughs> like, we don't have, you know, the red mages were not strong enough to be like heavy healers. So right. yeah, there came a point where it was like, I'd log on and be con- consistently disappointed. And I'm sure issues like that are way fixed in final fantasy 14. Yes, but also yes. at this particular time in my life the idea of an mmo is just like i just can't think of where it would fit in my life well but remember this is not your life today this That's is true. your life with nothing else to do hmm. forever hmm. i'm so glad you led us here because now i am definitively saying it's got to be an MMO for me. And I'm not even an MMO player, but I dabbled in Eve and found it enthralling and overwhelming. But I, I'm going to say Eve Online because it is, there are layers and levels of politics and war that are a hundred onion layers above wherever, whatever I'm doing. And I have no clue what it means. But it's going on, and I can read news about it. And so it's a living game, basically. That's what we're we're originally thinking—a living game. And 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 if I've got nothing better to do, then I'm gonna become a fucking kingpin or something in Eve Online. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a life. I'm gonna this is it. I'm gonna make a life for myself in a game. In a game. See, and I think maybe this is the reason why I didn't think of an MMO because nature is basically healing and like for me, like being in nature. So to Mm -hmm. me, being on a desert island would be like, I could probably sit by the ocean and just listen to it for hours happily. God bless. Yeah. And I would probably very happily do that. So I feel like I wouldn't, my, my ultimate fantasy world would be where we were. So I would care about the games, but I think that inevitably I'd be like, I miss, I I, I miss where I really am. I'm going to go and be there. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't want to be in an MMO, but also for me, and this is one of the reasons why I think MMOs never truly landed with me as a storyteller myself. I care very much about stories told in certain formats and also in certain lengths because you know there's a really big difference between writing microfiction and a short story and a mm-hmm. a novel novelette or you know a a novel like all those different formats or different kinds of storytelling and for me part of the beauty about stories i love is that they end so like final fantasy 14 has ongoing story that i've been told is tremendous and it might be and maybe on the desert island that would be a really good one for me to try to jump into Mm -hmm. but i know Mm -hmm. myself well enough to know that the games i've loved the most 
part of the beauty of what they have been is their specific length and this how the story fit into that length. I'm making this really deep, huh? Like it, I literally it, no. could just be like, fuck it, I'm gonna bring Pac-Man to the island and like that could be <laughs> oh, like God, the end. That's the worst. That's the worst <laughs> choice you could make. I brought Mrs. Pac-Man and you're like, why? <laughs> just that's the troll answer. No, it's incredibly deep and I'm so conflicted about it because I hear everything you're saying and there is so much value in a, in a world where in a world where life has chapters and phases and other things to do stories and media that starts and ends of course those are powerful and have meaning in the deepest ways but in a world where nothing happens and no one's there my brain goes to well i need to i need to be in a i have this this magic opportunity to even though i'm stranded in the middle of nowhere i can also be somewhere in a virtual place because my human psyche, my psychology needs to be part of, I, I need to be social or be part mm, of something. That's a I really good point. I can't just play Pac-Man over and over because right. then I will hate Pac-Man. Right. And, uh, and we're using Pac-Man as like a silly example, but I don't want to hate Breath of the Wild because Breath of the Wild is an amazing achievement and a beautiful game, but I will fucking hate it when I'm 80. Mm -hmm. But if I'm running a, a, a weapons cartel in a, <laughs> a, a null sec region of EVE Online, and if I'm not online at two in the morning, some fucking, you know, goons are going to come in and blow up my space station. That's fucking awesome. I don't have time for that here in this life, but on Desert Island, I sure do. And And yes, that story never ends, but... Well, let me back up. My dabbling in EVE Online was lovely. I didn't know anything what I was doing, read so much about it, was very limited because I didn't want to pay for a subscription because I didn't know how deep I would go and also was like, I don't know, I don't really have time for this. I'm just figuring this out. And I was out in an asteroid field mining because that's a very uh, uh, basic ass way to make a living in this game. And some ships pulled up and I was like, holy shit, they're going to kill me. Oh, nope, we're cool. Okay. And they were just like, hey, how you doing? What's up? Whatever. Hey, join this corp. I was like, hey, I'm looking for a corporation to join. I don't know what's what. They're like, hey, you can just be part of this. We're just cool. It's just hanging out. We have goal. I was like, what are your goals? And they're like, oh, our goals are to do this and build this. I was like, okay, can I contribute as my dumb noob ass self? They're like, of course. And I was like, yeah, okay, let's do, let me be part of something. And it was really cool. Met a, met a handful of cool people. And it was a nice little tiny community that I was part of in a specific region of space that I had mapped out, which is like, if I trade here, I can make a few dollars here and there. And it was like, cool. And then just this asshole corporation plowed through the area and was stomping out 
space stations in this region of space, which was a high, I don't want to get into the details of, of EVE Online, but there are high security areas that are very safe uh, to be in because you're not at risk of being shot at by other players. But there was something going on here where they would declare war on our corporation. And because our corps were at war, they could just come in and kill us. And we were just not a we were not equipped to defend ourselves. So everything that the CEO had built and that this tiny little community had cobbled together in this tiny little corner of space was just like eradicated from the map. And I was like, and I couldn't do anything about it. I, I had no ability to help this group because I was just in these tiny ships that were useless and it was also like hey you come online at this time if you want to fight the battles and i'm like i've not i haven't even done any pvp i don't even know what the hell's going on in this game <laughs> i'm useless to you and so this like bully you there there are third party tools that you can look at and see what's going on in evil online and i would look at these other uh sites and systems and be like oh shit these bullies are just blasting through these systems kicking at everyone out for the lulls basically just like stomping people out and i was like a it was it was a bummer but b it was like well this is the game <laughs> like this is what this is and it was really compelling but it also it also put a stop to my play through you know like because mm -hmm. like everything everything i would all the human beings that i was connected to in this game were scattered to the wind and I was like, right. all right, well, I guess I'll I guess I'll take a break and then didn't return. And while that sounds like a sad story, I I guess I'm I'm relaying it to say there was an end to that Eve Online story. If I continued playing, there'd be a new I would write a new story for myself, but that chapter in that game for me was was put to an end. To to was put to death <laughs> by other humans and i found that very it sounds like a bummer but i found it very compelling i found it very cool and interesting if that makes any sense at all it makes perfect sense to me it totally makes perfect sense and it makes me kind of like gosh i almost kind of wish i had i had had a game experience like that just to have something like that that was just completely foreign to me you yeah. know i'm glad i had it to, 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 that's a good way to say it i it was a strange experience that i am i'm really happy i had because i can say yeah I, you know i don't know 2020 and such was a year for me where it was like i like to play adventure games and i like to play cool games and action games and all these games that are super, pretty mainstream and accessible and then 2020 was like I'm going to play EVE Online, and I'm going to play Magic the Gathering, and I'm going to play RimWorld, and one day I'm going to play Dwarf Fortress, which was is also probably going to be on the desert island, which I've never actually sat down to really understand and learn, but in the, in the vein of, it's like RimWorld, but times 10, you know, in complexity. Right. And uh, I'm glad that I have, you know evolved my brain to place to play and enjoy and grasp some of the most complicated things i have ever 
wrapped my mind around. Things that I looked at five years ago and say, I could never do that. You know, 2020, yeah. I was able to do some of it and I'm yeah. happy about it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go deep into the, wow, 2020 sucked, but also did so many great things for me personally, <laughs> because I think we've all had that conversation plenty of times by now, but amen to that. Amen. Um, well, this was productive. We should <laughs> indeed. We should head out. We should leave the island. But um, as always, please let us know if you what you would bring to your desert island. Uh, email us. Uh, I don't have it in front of me, but I believe it is have entered the chat at gmail.com. That's it. We love getting your emails. We read we them on the show all the time. And uh, tell us your top three. And, and give us your rationale. Is it, just a, is it just a favorite? The one you love? Or is, are you thinking more critically about what's going to keep me going for the rest of, of, of our time here? Uh, we want to hear from you. So shoot us a note. Uh, and uh, with that, we're going we're gonna to get out. Unless you have any final thoughts here, Colette. Nope. My final thought is that uh, Diablo 2 is 63% downloaded. <laughs> <laughs> and like the downloader is so old that it's like half broken and like it's working to download the game. But like there's like a picture of like a fish with like buck teeth in it. And I don't know why. I wish that we had like a thing where like when the episode is uploaded, we could just put like random like snapshots that we took to like illustrate things we were talking about. Because <laughs> if so, we, I put this buck tooth fish in the we picture. Can. Send it. Send it to me. We oh can upload God, custom really? art. Yeah, for each episode. I, I almost never, I never do it with any of the shows that I've worked on, but uh, let's do it. I just think that it's kind of funny, you know, like, especially for specifically what we do. I just think, like, as a listener, it'd be kind of fun to be like, oh my God, like, they took a picture of that, or like, I just think it would be cool. Let's do it. Battle fucking net. In Hell 2021. yeah. I'm, 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 I'm going, I'm going all the way back this weekend. <laughs> get it, get it, download it. Uh, and please, we will speak with you next Friday. Uh, Colette will report in on her Diablo 2 old school original experience uh, when we talk at you next time. For now. Yeah. This, this has been Colette and Matt have entered the chat and we will talk at you next week. Yeah.